Welcome to Rich Answers, a public affairs program of the Conference of Churches and a production of the 224 Ecospace, where changemakers work, create, and lead. Today we are fortunate to have with us Aqua Drakes, who serves as the Enterprise and Sales Manager of the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center, located in Hartford, Connecticut. She's here today to talk about some of the projects and special initiatives of the center. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you here. So why don't you begin by giving us some background on the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center. What is it? Mm -hmm. Uh, so at the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center, we preserve and interpret Stowe's Hartford home and the center's historic collections to promote vibrant discussion of her life and work and inspire commitment to social justice and positive change. Uh, the house tour focuses not only on her life, but why she wrote her most famous novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin, the impact of Uncle Tom's Cabin, both in the time that she wrote it, uh, when it was published in the 1850s, and uh, the impact that it has uh, today. We also discuss uh, topical issues. We discuss issues that carry on through today and really connect the past and the present on our house tour. Our house tour is very uh, conversational. We have opportunities to sit down and have a discussion over some primary source documents that Harriet would have seen in her life, uh, that um, a lot of our guests, for the first, it might be their first time seeing some of those documents. Uh, so um, we really we sit down, we have conversation around those things, uh, and it's, it's a very powerful tour. It's a very groundbreaking tour. Uh, it has been, uh, it's a very crowdsourced tour, and we were in the process of reinterpreting the experience, lots of uh, surveying of our audience of what they wanted to see. Did they want a traditional house tour experience, or did they want to um, have, have a different experience, a non-traditional experience, the house tour uh, industry has done a really, really good job of uh, training people to expect certain things when they when they come into a house. And um, our tour is, as I said, very different, uh, groundbreaking, but again, really tailored to what our guests were asking for. Uh, so we, we spend a lot of time uh, surveying and uh, again, kind of a crowdsourcing, and we're very, very happy with the product. Where it's always evolving, it's always every single tour is different. We're always um, adding new things, editing things, and uh, and really just working on it, not to uh, perfect it per se, because I feel like perfection is kind of a static term. Our, our tour is very fluid in that it um it's very guest driven as well. If you come in and you uh, are interested in a particular topic, a particular social justice topic. Um, our uh, interpretive staff is highly trained and can uh, can really facilitate those conversations amongst the people on the tour, and that's something that I'm uh, really proud of. Well, I'm fortunate that the 224 Ecospace, which is the headquarters of the Conference of Churches, is located in the same neighborhood as the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center and the Mark Twain House. And so it's really within walking distance of my place of work. And so I admit that I am one of those people who is a frequent flyer of these tours because I love the Harry Beecher Stowe Center and the Thank story you. that goes along with it. It's truly inspiring. So let's get a little bit of background on how you were drawn to the Harry Beecher Stowe Center. Why was this position appealing to you? So um, I, my degree is in history. I went to college in North Carolina. 
And uh, I'm from Connecticut, but then I, I went to North Carolina for school and then came home. Again, my degree is in history, public history. So I started at a children's museum, uh, then uh, moved on to the, um, the Hartford Symphony, uh, and then now uh, the, the Stowe Center. So I think a big reason, and, and the reason why I said all that, is because I, I really love nonprofits. I really love the nonprofit world. I've really made a commitment to nonprofit work. I, and also, the biggest reason is that I love museums. I am very passionate about museum work. I'm very passionate about um, people of color feeling that they can have full participation uh, in museums. Museums are uh, unfortunately seen by people of color, and, and for good reason. It's not something that was, that was made up by them. Um, seen as very exclusive places, places that they are kept out of, guarded, uh, white spaces, and I want to do what I can. I think that um, you know, don't complain about something if you don't have a solution. If you're not prepared to be a part of the solution, and I have fully decided to be a part of the solution in that, and my work at the Stowe Center is really reflective of that. I was drawn to the position initially. I started as visitor services manager, um, drawn to the position initially because I had management experience. Uh, and I did that for about three years, recently transitioned. Um, actually, November will be a year that I've been in the uh, enterprise manager position. Uh, transitioned to this position because um, they you know, saw my sales skills and saw that I had um, other things that I wanted to offer the organization. And, uh, and that's, why, that's why I'm here, that's why I'm still at the Stowe Center because I really believe in our mission, but. But more than that, I believe that I have a capacity to, uh, to really impact uh, some things that, that I really care about and some kind of, I don't know, like the ivory tower mentality of the museum world. If I could just start chipping at that a little bit, I feel like I've done something. Well, one of the things that's fascinating about Harriet Beecher Stowe is really as a personality, she really does serve as a guide for so many women when it comes to taking on activism and doing things that change things. So your commitment to changing the museum world and the tour world and working on Harriet Beecher Stowe is a great partnership. So talk a little bit about Harriet Beecher Stowe and the motto of the, the center. Sure. Um, so Harriet Beecher Stowe was born in 1811 in Litchfield, uh, Connecticut. She lived a lot of places during her life, but she kind of comes full circle um, and actually uh, dies here in Hartford, right here uh, in the home rework. She was definitely um, a revolutionary as far as uh, women during her time when she was writing. She was really pushed to um, not only to write, period, not only to be educated, period, by um, by her family, by her father, but then also she was pushed to use her own name when she wrote, which was really revolutionary. So rather than take her husband's name solely and use that solely in her writing and on her writing on her books, um, you know, use your name, use who, who you are. Um, her family was very well known, so that also did, did help with her um, kind of retaining and, and using her name. But it was largely to, to be an individual. And I think for women, when she was writing in the 1850s, that was really kind of unheard of. You, you are your father's property, and then your, your husband's property, and then your mother, and, and then that's it. There's no um, kind of moment for autonomy. And she was really able to, to grasp that. And so within the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center, this idea, especially with the new branding, with the 
fountain pen that her words yeah. changed the world, mm -hmm. which is true. Talk about that. How did her words change the world? So Harriet uh, wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin after having a lot of experiences in her own personal life uh, and experiences that she witnessed. Um, and from that, she really felt spurred to write. Uh, and what she decided to do is make women who were like her, so rich white northern women in particular, understand the plight of not only enslaved people as a whole, but enslaved women in particular. Um, after having losing a child of her own, seeing and then seeing uh, an enslaved woman separated from her child on the auction block, <clears throat> she then really felt, I need to awaken empathy in people who have no connection whatsoever to what's happening to these people, particularly these women. So, so she did that. And um, the book, you know, for all its flaws, as the quote goes, um, it, it really did that. It really awakened people. She used, um, you know, prose that really, that, that really pushed people. She speaks directly to the reader. She addresses the reader in the book to, to really awaken empathy in them and to really move them to want to do something. You know, Abraham Lincoln uh, is, is uh, quoted to have said, you know, so you're the little woman who wrote the book that started this great war. Um, and she, she really was able to do that by changing, you know, hearts and minds. I know that the term hearts and minds is kind of a cliche at this point, but I'm comfortable using it here. <laughs> because she did have that impact. She did, and she used really everything that was at her disposal to do that. So when it was initially published in the national era, she used cliffhangers to get people excited about reading the next chapter and getting people excited about um, finding out what was going to happen to the people that they had you know, cared so much about. And then, of course, when it was um, published in book form, it really flew off the shelves because people found themselves you know, really caring. It's the same reason why we watch, why we really care about the stories that we, I remember my grandmother, um, you know, would watch me over the summer and I'd be sitting right next to her watching, you know, As the World Turns and, or some of the other ones, the As the World Guiding Turns, Light, Guiding Light, General Hospital. General, yes, you know, what was the one with the, the fashion, the bold and the beautiful? See? My grandmother loved that. I, I think that was my favorite. But um, the same way that people turned into watching that, primarily women, primarily women who are home during that time. Um, so a lot of the same demographic things. And that's what drew people in. We're talking with Aqua Drakes, who serves as the sales manager and enterprise manager of the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center. And we'll be back after the break. Strengthen me. 
Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Where you gonna run to? All on that day, will I run to the rock? Please hide me and run to the rock. Please hide me and run to the rock. Please hide me, Lord. All on that day, but the rock cried out. I can't hide you, the rock cried out. I can't hide you, the rock cried out. I ain't gonna hide you down. All on that day, I said, Rock, what's the matter with you, Rock? Don't you see I need you, Rock? Lord, 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 all on that day. So I ran to the It was bleeding around to the sea. It was bleeding all on that day. So I ran to the river. It was boiling around to the sea. It was boiling around to the sea. It was boiling all on that day. So I ran to the Lord.
listen when your body says, I'm tired or I'm hungry. Are you listening? Would you listen if your body said, I have pain and pressure in my abdomen. I feel bloated for no good reason. Or I get too full too fast. I'm spotting, but I've already gone through menopause. Or I have to go to the bathroom more often and more urgently than usual. These can be signs of a gynecologic cancer, like cervical, ovarian, uterine, vaginal, and vulvar cancers. Symptoms aren't the same for everyone. If your body says something may be wrong, please listen. And if it goes on for two or more weeks, see a doctor. It may be nothing, but find out for sure. Learn the symptoms and get the inside knowledge about gynecologic cancers. Call 1-800-CDC-INFO. Welcome back. We're talking with Aqua Drakes, who serves as the Enterprise and Sales Manager of the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center located in Hartford, Connecticut. So we know that there's so much that's coming up at the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center, especially for the holidays. So what makes the house a place to go, especially during the holiday season? Well, the house is going to be decorated for the season from November 23rd to December 31st. Our collections manager, Beth Bridges, uh, and her volunteers do an absolutely amazing job decorating the house. So anyone who takes a tour during that time will get to see that. Um, we do have some other events going on during that time period. November 10th at 2 p.m., we're having our Courageous Conversations Holiday Edition. A lot of people, uh, when they come to salons and when they come to our events, uh, really want to talk about how to talk to their families about social justice issues that they are passionate about. And we actually, um, you know, had this kind of brainchild, you know, let's, let's get people in here to, to talk about how to talk to their families about controversial issues uh, at the dinner table, <laughs> at, at Thanksgiving, at Christmas. Maybe people are dreading it, so people can uh, come on in and, and have that conversation. December 15th, uh, we're having our Stowe Holiday House tour. That's, again, with our collections manager, Beth Burgess. Uh, Saturday and Sunday after Thanksgiving is Museum Store Weekend, 10% off both at the Stowe Gift Shop and the Twain Gift Shop. November 12th, uh, in honor of Veterans Day, veterans and active uh, military will be free into the Stowe Center. So yeah, a lot, a lot coming up during the holidays. During the holiday time at, at Stowe is really um, some of my favorite times. Our collections manager does a really great job with our decorations and all that. And for people that don't know, when it comes to the Harry Beecher Stowe Center and the Mark Twain House, it's really on the same property. Yes. So if someone wanted to set aside time to do the whole thing, mm -hmm. what's the time period and how do they do that? Sure. So um, our tours uh, right now go off every hour. The Twain tour uh, goes on a little bit more regularly, I want to say. Um, during their busy times, every 15 to half hour. If you wanted to come uh, and take both tours, both tours are about an hour and 10 minutes. So you'd want to leave yourself a good chunk of time to, to see that and then also visit both gift shops uh, and our grounds. And so talk about what someone might see when they walk into the Harry Beecher Stowe house. Uh, into the house itself? Mm -hmm. When they sure. walk into the house. So when they walk into the house on our tour, the first thing uh, that they would see is a really dynamic room actually uh, called our, our Inspiration Gallery. It's this bright, beautiful red room that's actually, um, after the reinterpretation, probably one of my favorite rooms in the house. And there are uh, several prominent uh, figures, both 
contemporary, uh, uh, more modern figures, and then also figures from Harriet's time, uh, just speaking their thoughts about Harriet, who she was, and what she wrote. Not all of them positive. One of the things that we did on our reinterpretation is really um, try to uh, get away from painting Harriet as a perfect person and Uncle Tom's Cabin as a perfect novel. So when people walk in, they actually might be a little bit surprised that they're seeing some dissenting views, uh, particularly um, from uh, people of color. Alex Haley's quote uh, about it um, and, uh, and several other quotes that might not seem, uh, that might not shine Harriet or her writing in the best light. But um, that it's all conversation starters. We want to talk about all of it. So that's really the first thing that you'll see when you walk in. And then after that, you walk into the first period room. So you're really kind of walking this balance between um, modernity, the modern world, and, uh, and Harriet's time. And so continue on with the tour. Oh, OK. Yes. We're going to do the whole yes. thing. Yes. Just right, a little well, bit more. Okay. I love Harriet Beecher Stowe House. Same. <laughs> Same. Uh, so you would then you would go into our dining room. That is our first uh, period room. Uh, you would get to uh, see kind of a setup, something similar to what Harriet would have seen. Uh, really discuss family life in that room, how she grew up uh, in in that space. It is a beautiful, again um, renovated space, brand new carpeting, wallpaper. It's a really stunning room. Uh, and then after that, you move into our back parlor. You learn. Um, more about what uh, pushed Harriet to write her novel. You learn about the children that she had, her time in Cincinnati, and what her home, not, uh, not the family home that she grew up in, but what her home was like. And then you move uh, into the front parlor, and that's when you have the sit-down experience. That's when you look at the primary source documents that she would have seen and what some of those documents are. Um, are I won't say controversial, because they're, they're, it's true. They're reproductions of. Um, so images of uh, enslaved children, um, children who had been recently emancipated. There are um, runaway posters. There are bills of sale. And you get to sit down and, uh, and really make connections. And one of the things that we like to do um, that's really important to us is just making space for those conversations, not necessarily telling people what to think, but pushing them to think and pushing them to think critically about what they're, what they're looking at. And again, as I said, for a lot of people, this is their first time handling these documents. Maybe they've seen them in books, um, but this is the first time they can actually sit down and see them. And guests really bring a lot to it. I, I will definitely say that. We attempt to, uh, well, let me just say this. Museums are not neutral. Museums are not neutral spaces. There is no neutral museum. Every museum is curated with a point of view, and we, um, that's something that we we believe and, uh, and definitely uh, address. So when, when we go into that space, the, um, the guide, the interpretive guide really kind of takes a back seat and lets people pick things up and talk about what they're seeing. And guests really do make connections, you know, whether they're making connections to uh, police brutality, mass incarceration, um, and that is, for me, some of my favorite times on the tour. Or sometimes it's about education, sometimes it's about um, immigration, human trafficking, that is really where those conversations come up. And again, our guides are really trained to facilitate those conversations and make those spaces safe. As you can imagine, it can be very um, difficult to have those conversations in, for example, a lot of people don't feel comfortable having those conversations in mixed company. A lot of people come on our tour and ask us, you know, like, they make this do black people take this? 
And um, it's... And yes, black people do take the tour. They do take yes. the tour. They do. And um, so, but uh, uh, our interpreters are um, our museum associates. When I would say they're interpreters, they're museum associates now. They're all wonderful. Um, are really trained to, to guide those conversations, make them safe spaces to talk. I will say for myself, when I first started at the Stowe Center, um, you know, my boss still chides me about this to this day. I was very uncomfortable with the salon conversation that we were having. Ha having. It's a very diverse crowd of people, and they weren't talking about racism. They were talking about police. Um, you know, this one woman was telling a story about um, a situation that her son had been in with the police, and she was very emotional, and I was like really freaking out. Because those are not conversations that you have in the workplace or even with groups of people who are not your family at the kitchen table. And we're asking people to do that on a tour, like half an hour into the tour with strangers. But this is also a reinterpretation. This is really innovative and a shift yeah. in what was happening before in the Harry Beecher Stowe yes. Center. Before was a more traditional curated tour yes. where those who came on the tour were to be seen and really not heard yeah. from. And so really this conversation aspect is innovation in the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about the reinterpretation. So, um, so you were right. Um, when I first started at the Stowe Center, it was right at the beginning of that. It was um, much more traditional house museum. Uh, I think about the way that the house looked then, and not even so much the way it looked, because the, um, the actual physical renovation of the house really didn't, and maybe wouldn't have had um, an impact on our interpretation. Um, unless we kind of did that on purpose. But I, I'll say the way that we use the rooms now, as opposed to the way that they look. The way that we use the rooms has changed uh, significantly. Um, and kind of when we started this conversation, we were talking, you know, just asking about Harriet as a, um, a social justice, a social activist, and, and all of that. And just we really wanted to lean into that because, again, we asked the public what they wanted. And they were like, you know, this bit was interesting to me, and this bit was interesting to me, and those were the social justice things, and those were the um, the activism um, moments and, and points in her story that they wanted to that they wanted to talk about. So we um, so we did that. So and it uh, has been a really rewarding experience um, during my time there. When we first started, um, Maura Hallisey, uh, Emily Wineski, uh, Shannon Burke. Um, were really kind of the, um, who, who I saw like on my team really uh, moving forward with uh, surveying and, and really kind of getting that started. But it wasn't just our team. It wasn't just the programs and visitor services team. It was a full, uh, a full organization uh, shift because it wasn't only, um, again, it wasn't only renovating the home, but it was kind of an ideological shift as well. What is our focus? Where is our focus uh, going to be? And it's really using history for social change today. Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't think that you can you can't untie those two things. It kind of goes back to, to being neutral. You can't tell a story about these things that that did happen, these true stories, and uh, and be fully neutral because they're it's it's just not. We're talking with Aqua Drakes, who serves as the enterprise and sales manager of the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center, and we'll be back after the break. You have been listening to Rich Answers, a public affairs program of the Conference of Churches. If you
not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt, that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... I... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's gonna be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he gonna know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. for the weak let faith arise let faith arise I lift my hands to believe again you are my refuge you are my strength as I pour out my heart these things I remember
30,000 square feet. What would you do with that kind of possibility? Would you strategize your future? Or get lost in the past? Will you fill it with stories? Or use it to empty your mind? Would you explore your spirituality? Or focus on improving your community? Will you use it to work late? Or just work it? Could you create lasting impressions? Or a brief delicious one? Our vision for the 224? 30,000 square feet of endless possibilities. Welcome back. We're talking with Aqua Drakes, who serves as the enterprise and sales manager of the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center in Hartford, Connecticut. And I know that coming up next year, there's going to be some special programming that's going to be happening at the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center. Talk about that. Mm -hmm. So in my capacity as um, group sales and enterprise manager, I visited the and participated in the African American Travel Conference in April of this year. Uh, and I learned a lot about what uh, people of color want when they travel. There were uh, 80 tour, uh, tour bus groups there, all spearheaded and all really for uh, people of color. It was largely women as well, so it was a really wonderful uh, experience. And I learned that they're asking for very specific things, and what they're asking for is, what are the black history uh, sites in your area? What can, we, what can we go see in your area? What can we go do? So that had a really large impact on, um, on what we uh, are in the process of creating and will be launching in February. And then also, I went on a bus trip with my mother. That's just a true part of the story. I went on a bus trip with my mother, and she and I were the only people of color uh, on the bus, and my mother says to me, she's like, you know, I really enjoyed this, but you know, she's like, we're alone, you know, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we were alone. And then also she said, I wish that we could go on a tour that talked about our history. And so I thought to myself, okay, because I had been in the process of creating a familiarization tour for the people that I met at the, at the conference. And what a familiarization tour is, is people who run um, people who run bus tour companies, they come to your site for free, you show them everything that you have, they stay for a day or two, they go back and then hopefully book with you. So I'd been in the process of um, uh, organizing and coordinating with other organizations that have, um, that are, that have the ability to tell a story about black, uh, black history. And then I thought to myself, instead of doing this and, and making it private, why don't we create something and make it public? Why don't we do something for the public? We'll have proof of concept that it works and that people want to take the tour, and then, and then you know the uh, the tour bus leaders can see what we're already doing. So I reached out to the Connecticut Historical Society, the Old State House, and of course the Amistad Center, all here in Hartford, and kind of got the wheels turning on what has become the Black Perspectives Tour. Uh, I am uh, extremely excited and proud of it. Uh, the, the Stowe Center's piece um, is, uh, is what's specifically called the, the Black Perspectives Tour. And um, the tour itself emphasizes the black experience of both the 19th century and today. During a guided tour, 
Guests will uncover the voices of people of color surrounding Stowe's Uncle Tom's Cabin. The Black Perspective tour, Perspectives Tour uses Stowe's home and collections to promote vibrant conversations focused on the black voices that influence Stowe and the voices that influence positive change today. So it is different from our regular house tour. Uh, we really do a deep dive, again, into those stories that surrounded and influenced Stowe's, Stowe's story. Um, our friends from the uh, Connecticut Historical Society are also participating. We have uh, taken their uh, behind-the-scenes Black History Tour, where you're actually able to go into their uh, vault and collection spaces and look at some of the collections pieces that they've collected from black people um, in, in Connecticut. And that was really um, amazing. And then we visited the Amistad Center while we were in the process of uh, prototyping, met with Stacy Queen, and had a really wonderful tour of their space as well. So what people will be able to do is they will be able to purchase uh, one ticket that will get them into two museums to take uh, those tours. So one ticket it's, uh, will be Stowe and CHS, Stowe and the Old State House, or Stowe and the Amistad Center. Or they will be able to purchase one ticket, which will get them into three museums. Uh, so, uh, so one being the Stowe Center and any other two, two museums. We're, we're very excited about this. I think that uh, there is nothing like this uh, going on in the area right, right now. Uh, and I, I just really wanted to pull, to pull uh, organizations together that had this content and really create something robust to offer the public and offer the community. Again, as I was saying before, um, you know, don't complain unless you have a solution or unless you're willing to, to be a part of the solution and to do the work. And that is a really huge part of why I'm doing this. And then also, uh, Natalie uh, from CHS said something that really stuck with me on, on her tour. Again, they have a lot of collections pieces that come directly from uh, people's homes. Oh, my grandmother has this, I'm going to donate it, etc. And one of the things that she said was, if you are, um, in, the, in this context, if you're a marginalized person, if you have a marginalized history, in order to preserve it, you need to collect it. You have to do it. Because as I was saying before, um, our, our stories are marginalized in historic spaces. So when you go to, uh, to a museum, you're not going to be the, the focal point collecting um, artifacts and histories of, of people of color, you know, maybe on the back burner in a lot of places that you're going. And museums are doing, you know, they're doing much better and, and things are getting much better, but we still need to be about our business and collecting our history and, and, working, and working for ourselves in that, in that way. So that really stuck with me. So that's what the Black Perspectives Tour is about. It's about saying, not only do we have history, but it is vibrant and it is different. There is no one theme that goes through all four museums. The Stowe Museum really focuses on um, the black experience of the 19th century and today, but specifically the stories that impacted Harriet and her writing. We don't just talk on our tour about, on this tour, about the fact that Harriet lost a child and that she saw a woman lose, uh, lose that child. We actually uh, discuss we use um, newspaper clippings to actually talk about and describe the anguish of those women. We do both readings on this tour, not just one. So we're really lifting up those voices. Um, the CHS tour, again, um, is just all about the things that have, have been collected and their importance. And I really wanted everyone to just shine and do what they do. Because initially when we were creating this, they were saying, okay, well, what's the main thread going to be? And I'm like, no. like. 
shine, do what you do. So Amistad is doing that as well um, with their pictures, words, and music. So we went through that space and saw all of these amazing images of, of people of color. And what uh, Stacey Queen has been saying, kind of like the theme there, is like taking control back of your narrative, telling your story, and not having that be curated by some, someone else. So if someone's listening, they're thinking about Black History Month, is it possible to organize a tour where they could perhaps spend a day in Hartford and go to the various sites? Talk about that. Absolutely, and that's exactly what this is for. So for example, if someone wanted to come and spend a full day, they could do the, the three tour experience, go to Stowe, go to, and go to any of the other any of the other spaces, starting um, starting with us. And, and we really want people to do that. We want people to do it with their families. We want people to come after church. We want to, um, to really make this accessible for everyone. And I am taking every opportunity to, uh, to talk about it. I'm very proud of it. I have been um, really uh, overwhelmed and moved by the response from the community, but then also the response within the organization when I initially had the idea, I feel like there have been so many moments where I'm like, oh God, I don't think, is this gonna work? Can we pull this together? Like four other organizations, it's just, I don't know if we can do this. And um, my coworkers will look at me and say, yes, this is happening. You're going to do it. This can happen, continue. And that's been so helpful. And so for someone that's listening now and they're thinking about Black History Month and the opportunity to bring a youth mm -hmm. group or an adult group into Hartford to learn more about these programs and wonderful opportunities. How do they organize the trip and how do they work with you? Mm -hmm. uh, so again, my name is Aqua Drakes. I'm <laughs> Enterprise Manager at the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center. Uh, you can find me on our website. Please reach out to me. We are going to be launching formally in February, but we are happy to discuss um, scheduling uh, groups to, to come in and take this. You can visit our website to find me, harrietbeecherstowcenter.org. Um, feel free to reach out to me, send me an email to, um, to schedule this, or even just to talk more about it if you have more questions. We are very interested in having uh, groups come to take it. Eventually, this, this will turn into uh, a school program that we will be able to do. It will turn into um, just a, possibly outreach opportunities. Um, but uh, we really want to uh, really hit the ground running in February and, and take this and take this out of just the kind of idea that people have in their minds about Black History Month. Initially, I was trying to avoid February, but the stars are really aligning to make it to make it that perfect time. And I was like, you know what? Don't avoid it. Just lean into it. But um, you know, our history is not just those days in February. It is it is year round. Black history is American history, and it is very important that we don't confine it to just that time period. So. People will be able to take this tour at any time when it's offered, and uh, that, that, that's really, really huge Aqua Drakes, we thank you for your service at the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center, and we look forward to the Black History Tour. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to Rich Answers, a public affairs program of the Conference of Churches and a production of the 224 Ecospace. Reach out to us and tell us what you think. Look for Rich Answers, the Conference of Churches, and me, Reverend Dr. Shelley Bess, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like us, follow us, share us.